The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. Uh, today we're going to be talking about kilns. What's, actually, somebody suggested this. Who suggested this on on the Apple iTunes uh, reviews. So this is thanks to Saltwater Stoneware. Yeah, thank you for uh, suggesting this. We decided to take your suggestion and run with it. Today we're talking about how we got our kilns names, the genders of our kilns, kiln gods, things that have to do with like really personalizing your kiln. Yeah. Right? And I know for me, well, let's start off with you. Have you named your kiln? <sighs> Okay, so... Have I, you named your kiln, Lindsay? I have, but it's like the weebest thing on the planet. Oh, don't worry. It I'm hurts. getting to mine. Don't oh even Oh my hurt. god, okay, all right. Unless your name's kiln is Sasuke or something. No, it is not Sasuke. You're good. So, it's, I don't actually ever refer to my kiln. My, I, most of my focus is on the kiln god that I... Or the kiln gods that I use. Mm -hmm. But I named my kiln... Gotoku Neko. Oh my god, it's so weeaboo! It's so weeaboo! So the reason, the reason I did this is because I got my kiln the same year that I, I went to SakuraCon and there was a, an author, I believe his name is Zach Davison, and he wrote a book called The Supernatural Cats of Japanese Folklore. Oh my god. And there is a chapter on the Jesus, the Gotoku Neko, oh and it's basically a cat that lights fireplaces. And I'm like, this is perfect! It's uh, killed! So I decided to, uh, well, uh, it, up until now, it has been my own little nerd secret, but now it is no longer a secret, so... Ooh, killing out the closet, I tell oh, you. It's god. out now. Oh my god. What about you? Does your does your kiln have a name? Yeah, so my last kiln, so you guys know I'm a huge Destiny fan. I play Destiny. But like, even my favorite YouTubers are not ceramic art YouTubers. They're, they're Destiny YouTubers. <laughs> if you don't know, Destiny is a first-person shooter game. It's kind of like Halo and Call of Duty got mixed together. Or it's kind of like World of Warcraft if it was a first-person shooter with Halo skins on it, right? <laughs> so um, the way I named my first kiln, my Scut 181, was named Ghost. And that's because I, when I got it, it was kind of dead. And I brought it back to life and I kind of refurbished it myself. In the game of Destiny, your ghost does the same thing for you. You have a companion, it's called a ghost, and every time you die, it either heals you back to a previous state of which you're not dead, or revives you to the same manner, right? It uses paracausality. And I thought it was adorable that I got something that was dead and brought it back to life, like a ghost would. And so I named it Ghost. That's the reason I named that. My second kiln that I have right now is called Redricks. Redricks? Redricks. Okay, pray tell, why? Redricks in the lore of the Crucible of Destiny was a young guardian, your character's named a guardian, um, was a young, basically a player, a young player who would go into Crucible, which is PvP. They call it Crucible because it's supposed to be the thing that refines you. Mm. It's supposed to be the thing that teaches you lessons. Yeah. It's literally the Crucible of life, right? It purifies you in a certain way, right? He and his team would just go through these wild adventures and you get to see him in the lore and you get to really read about him and you get to learn like, oh, he learned how to use cover today. Oh, mm. he learned how to... Like, there was a specific passage, I know I'm getting into it for those of you who are <laughs> There's a specific passage where his teammate shot somewhere without an enemy being there, and he was like, don't shoot! And he's like, why not? He goes, unless you're gonna kill him, don't shoot, because now they know our position. And mm. the next thing you see is a grenade come right in front of him. Oh my god. And of course, they don't really die, they just come back to life. So he turns to his, his friend and is like, see what you did? Like, oh we're about god. to die now, thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, but that, it, they teach you little lessons like that. But at the end of his adventures, um, the Crucible Handler, the person who handles all the fights and everything, made him a gun called Redrix's Broadsword. Oh. That in order to use the gun properly, you need to really get your timing, your pacing of your shots and all that properly. The issue was that in the game, you could get that gun too, but you had to earn it. Okay. So when I got my kiln, 
I had paid like four G's for it, and I had worked for like a year straight oh. with Patreon money to get it. So I named it Redrix because I felt like I had earned it. Oh my God, dude. That's why I, I named it Redrix. I love that so much. Yeah, and I felt like I had to go through, I felt like I was a new potter and I went through the process of all these hard lessons and teaching myself things and experience in the crucible of life. Mm -hmm. And I had earned that piece of equipment through through helping the community and myself and working on my craft. Oh. That's the reason it's named Redrix. It's named after a gun in Destiny, which was quite hard to obtain. Oh my god. Which by the way, for any crucible for anybody who plays Destiny out there, the the grind to get that gun for me was like four months long. Oh my god. Yeah, you know when people prestige like in a PvP? Uh I've literally never played PvP. It's a in anything. <laughs> I'm like I I play video games to escape from the world. It's a rank system, and the rank okay. system is once you get to the top rank, you reset it and you prestige. So when okay. someone's like, I've prestiged five times. That's a lot. Oh, okay, okay. And so they told me you have to prestige three times. You have to prestige four or five times within three seasons. Oh, damn. Or within one season. I forgot which one it is, actually. But you had to, like, reset your rank a ridiculous amount of times on top of 14 other mm, yeah. things you had to do. Yeah. And it was insane. Um, I have not named my tester kiln yet. Okay. But that's about it. Uh, I have Redrix, and then I have the small... Firebox tester kiln right now. Any any names kind of in the in the works in the running? Uh, yeah, plenty of people on the Instagram one. I have like Iro. Somebody wanted Iro. Oh. Because it's a fire. Yeah. You know what I mean. Uh, somebody wanted Little Toasty, which I thought was cute. One other person said I should name it Broadsword because the gun's name is Ridges Broadsword and they're now a pair. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there was another Destiny buff that follows me on Instagram and he said I should name it Saladin, which is another fire type of player. Okay, they use okay. fire. Um, Saladin comes from the word salamander, which of course is like the fire lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and that's, that's so all names based around fire. But I haven't named it yet officially. I haven't released the video of it yet. Oh. Maybe by this time that you're hearing this, it'll probably be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, okay, so do you, do you have, uh, do you have kiln gods? I have one, my kiln god's very non-traditional for Redrix. Okay. Redrix has a Mega Man toy as his kiln god. Uh um, I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you've seen it. I have. And it, it has voice activated and everything. You push a little button on its head and it's like... Doo -doo -doo -doo, doo -doo -doo -doo. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, one of my patrons, Linda, was listening to me about how much... Thank you, shout out to Linda if you're listening to this. Was listening to me about how much I love Mega Man and how I had lost my like life-size... Not life-size, but it's large. It's like the size of my forearm, essentially. Mega Man, and she she just got me another one from Amazon. I don't know how she found it, because I've looked for it before. I guess I didn't look hard enough. Oh. But that is my killing god. Oh my it's, god. It's right above Redrix. But usually, traditionally, um, that's not how killing gods are born. Um, yeah. You go into you go into that. Oh man. Okay. So so I I don't know if my killing gods are quote unquote traditional because I've seen killing gods done a few different ways. Mm. Um, the way that I see folks do it at the uh, Sacramento City College where I volunteer. Yeah. Is um, Mimi, who's the studio technician, will have either like past little mini kiln gods that always sit on top of the kilns, like yes. the two big gas kilns that we have. Yes. Yes. Have like permanent kiln gods, but then for some of the smaller firings she'll make individual small ones that she fires within the kiln themselves. Right. I do kind of more the like permanent kiln gods. Like I, um, Me too. I, I have a kiln god that I've actually had since I was in high school. Really? I do. Yeah. So it's this little critter that looks like 
kind of like a if if Gollum and E.T. and like a nature spirit all became one thing. That's kind of what my kiln god looks like. I'll post and I'll have to post a picture on my Instagram for it. Uh, so basically it's, it's I, I made it in high school and it's actually broken a couple times, but I've always, you know, repaired it. And it sits in this like little mini altar that I have in my studio with yeah. a couple other like kiln gods that people have bought for me. Yes. But us actually sitting on top of the kiln is this little cat that my mom actually another sculpted. cat another cat of course because oh, bro. so so i'm a huge fan of the podcast welcome to night vale and there in that show there is this sort of spectral cat creature that hovers three feet in above the ground in the bathroom of the night vale radio tower it's like a, this alternate universe type of weird like weird shit happens all the time but, okay all right so this so this cat is uh, is called a Koshak. Okay. And I kept mixing up the names Koshak and Koshe. Koshe okay. is a figure from uh, Russian and Eastern European like Slavic folklore. Yes. Who's this like crazy wizard man? Okay. And so I named the cat kind of both of these things. So it's sometimes I I call it Koshak. Sometimes I call it Koshe. But my mom sculpted it for me because she knew what a big fan of Welcome to Night Vale I am, and she she gave it to me when I got my kiln. But that's but that's how my kiln god got, got the one that I actually have sitting on top of the kiln. That's that's how it got its name. Right. Okay. So let me let me read real quick the definition of a kiln god. I just put into Google what is a kiln god and. Well enough, like I looked this up maybe a year or two ago and there were no pictures and very little definitions. Oh. Now there's, check it out, there's a bunch of pictures. <gasps> That's baller, I right? love it. So let me first say that kiln gods, usually so far that I have seen are not very attractive. <laughs> they're, they're not like masterpieces of artwork made by the best potters that you set up on your kiln. I'm not saying there's none that exist like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that traditionally, I've never seen one mm -hmm. that is like, you know, usually it's a piece that has some type of energy or significance to it. A lot of my kiln gods that I've had out over the years are just like pieces that refuse to die. <gasps> pieces that like are amazing. I think they're amazing, but they didn't sell at a table for like 12 tables in a row or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So let me read the definition of what is a kiln god from Google. It serves as a charm or talisman. Kiln gods are meant to guard against any kind of bad luck that may be possible during the firing process. Kiln gods are traditionally placed at the entrance of the kiln. One of the main reasons American ceramicists make kiln gods is to relieve stress. <laughs> and that's about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I feel that. There's, there's, there is definitely this sense, and I, I feel like I've heard this in like various other podcasts that talk about religion, but it where where humans have lack of control over something, that's yes. where spirituality tends to fill that a gap. God, a god will appear where there is insecurity about control. Yes, yes. And Throughout I, history, that usually happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. So do you, do you have any like specific rituals or like little things that you do when you do a firing? Either like, like do you pray to your kiln god? Do you actually like, like I don't know, I'm curious. Like, I don't, um, I, I've left an offering at times to Mega Man. <laughs> um, what what but, offering would you offer? I give I give them crystals a lot. I'm oh. I'm a crystal per I'm a crystal person in the sense that I like crystals, but I'm not a crystal person in the sense that like I'll rub it on your stomach and say that your your solar chakra is now healed. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not gonna give you a crystal and be like your cancer is cured. I'm not gonna do that to you. Yeah. Um. But I'm I'm very much like this crystal's pretty, and if I was any type of god, I would like this. Mm. Like if I you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Like, I like to imagine like if I was if somebody was giving me an offering the stuff I would like crystals and like food. 
yeah. and just like for someone to visit my shrine once in a while. And yeah. that's kind of what I do for Mega Man. I do <laughs> say goodnight to Mega Man. Oh, every and, night? Not every night. Okay. Whenever I have really long late night work sessions, because mm. um, I feel like he's just there. And then I'll usually like pop his head. I'll be like, goodnight, Mega Man. And then I'll push the button. You hear like, do 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 do. And you're like, yeah. Ah! Yeah, that's right. That is so wholesome. Um, I love it. Oh I also my God. I also say hello and good night to Redrix whenever I load him. And I don't say Redrix, I say ready. Mm. I'm like, what's up, ready? And then sometimes, because I think the dad part of me is coming out sooner or later. Oh my god. I'll I'll, I'll start programming the kill and I'll be like, you ready, ready? And that's Oh <laughs> my god. Dante, you are so ready to be a father. I know. Like, oh uh, my it's, god. Yeah. It's getting bad, guys. <gasps> it's getting bad. I think it's I don't know if it's age or because in, in my twenties I was like, puns are the lowest form of comedy. <laughs> they are the baseline. Now I'm like, yeah, that's fine. They are the highest form of comedy. They're they're I've seen better. <laughs> it depends on the pun. Yes, yes. Oh. But that's kind of how I decided my my kiln's name, and then that's also I talk to my kiln sometimes. Yeah. Um. I do realize it's more about energy that I give. It's like talking to a flower to me. Like it's about the energy that I give it, and it's not about it exactly reciprocating. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't. I well, I talk to my kiln god. I don't really talk to my kiln. But it, I kind of. It's like that same thing. Like where I, I don't necessarily believe that like there's a spirit or anything right. like in yeah. it. But it's kind of again. It's like that ritual. It's that like. It's the I intent. Mean, yeah, and I've also I love the history of like religion in general. I find it fascinating the different ways oh, that people yeah. have expressed their their interest in the divine or the otherworldly. Yeah. So to me, it's not so much that I you know that I believe that it's real, but it's more that. It's, it feels like it's tapping into that history yeah. of worshiping something or like asking for assistance. It taps into that like universal human experience of, or almost universal human experience of, uh, of seeking, yeah. seeking the, or beseeching the divine for, uh, for assistance. Things outside of your control, especially. Yeah. Cause you feel, especially as a new ceramicist, you feel like you don't have a lot of control with it. Like imagine this, every YouTube potter or every like famous potter that you like, it is very, very low chance that they get 100% quality out of their kiln. Mm. Whenever you fire a kiln, it is very rare that everything comes out perfect exactly how you wanted it. Yeah. And that is loss of control to some extent. And I feel like that's the reason why a lot of kiln gods exist is because you want a little charm or a little protector to to kind of mediate that control. And that's where a lot of things happen. You know what I mean? It rains, you don't know why it rains. Oh, there's a god of rain. You know yeah. what I mean? Stuff like that. Uh, and that's where human beings make up a lot of the ideals for gods. Yeah. But it's just the energy that you give your kiln. It's more, yeah, it's like people who talk to flowers and believe that they'll grow more. Like probably the water and the sunlight that you uh. give it is probably more. Uh, more of an impact. Yeah, more of an impact than you talking to it. But like, yeah, I, I like to think that talking to flowers kind of helps a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think part of it too is that, I don't know about you, but it's like, there's that sense that it's like, well, there's no harm in it, you mm -hmm. know? Like, I mean, there's there's this, I know people use this quote all the time, but- It's peculiar, it's not weird though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, there's this there's this quote from uh, from Shakespeare. I'm gonna oh, get all Shakespearean here. That guy. But I know, I know. But it's the, it's the phrase, there are more things in heaven and earth than dreamt of in our philosophies. True. And I always kind of like that because it's this sense that, you know, I, I like leaving room for like, 
<laughs> mystical shit yeah. in the world because you know like in general like I tend to lean more towards science than yeah. than than other things but I, I know that I am happier leaving room in my yeah. head to, you know, pray to my kiln god and go, all right, all right, Koshe, like, yeah, yeah. help me, you know, help me take care of this kiln, you know, watch over it. And would, it makes me feel better. And I, I think would that's totally, part of it. I'd totally be a Tom Hanks Wilson dude. If I was left alone for way too long, you ever watch the Umbrella Academy? Oh, yeah. You know when he grabs the mannequin, he talks to the mannequin? Oh, God, yeah. I would be one of those guys. Absolutely. Like, but just with a kiln, you know what I mean? They also brought up gender. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They also so brought up I, gender. I heard you refer to uh, to Reddy as as a he. So so. Redricks is a male, and and Ghost was non-binary. <laughs> I but like it. Okay. I've never thought that anyone cared about that. I never thought I would get that question. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting like. I'm not I'm not like a social justice warrior, and I'm not like so left leaning that I think that like you know I don't know. Just I'm I'm not like that. I'm not an extremist of any side. But like it's just in the same sense that I talk to my kiln and thinking that that helps my kiln load is the same sense that I'm like when I talk to my kiln I'm like I wonder what voice it would respond back to in I wonder if it's a male or female voice and then sooner or later I just came up with the idea of like oh you're just non-binary but Redrix is very like to me I was like Redrix is a male in my brain oh I like it even though they clearly don't have genders yeah 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 and like I feel like it's important to say that you know yeah. I mean I mean you kind of already brought it up yourself but yeah. like non-binary is valid it's important yeah like yeah I literally never thought about a gender to my kiln or like I like I like though that you asked yourself what voice would it have if it responded oh yeah yeah like in my so I think the conversation in between me and me and ghost if there was one was like a very sassy person who didn't like me to assume anything about it <laughs> so like you know, as I usually talk to my kill and I came in, I'm like, what's up, ghost? How, how you doing today? And it was like, I'm good. Yeah. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, <laughs> like, it's like nothing. You know, and I started talking and, and to some point it got to like me saying its name. And it was like, you don't know if I'm a boy or a girl. And I was like, I, I'm, you're right. I don't know if you're a boy or a girl. And it was like, how dare you assume? <laughs> and I was like, God, why is ghost so fucking bitchy <laughs> all the time? <laughs> And then, you know, it turned, like, through that conversation, I was like, I, I can't assume my kiln's gender, I guess, so it's just a, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Bo it's both, I guess, so. Yeah. Or not, or neither. So it just ended up being, um. Non-binary. Non-binary, yeah. Yeah. My, my little kiln is a girl. Yeah? Yeah. A I little, little I finally, kiln? I decided that last week. I was Aww. like, you're a female. Oh. Yeah. That's so funny. Off of nothing. I just, there's no, it's kind of like how you look, my mom used to, my mom used to tell me this. She would look at forks and be like, forks are male and spoons are female. Right, huh. and I always thought that was weird, and I think it's just because she attributes like hard pokey things to males, yeah, and things that can cradle stuff to females, yeah. and I think that's how she does that. Well, the, there's a whole like history around that, around like yeah, like in design, like looking at quote unquote feminine shapes versus quote unquote masculine shapes. I of mean, course. there's a whole like yeah. field that, that looks at that. You ever look? Just try if you're listening to this and you're looking at the car in front of you on your podcast or whatever. Like, just look at your or you get out of your car and you look at it. Just look at it and be like. Are those ma uh, feminine or masculine kind of features? And it's really weird because even though they're inanimate objects, your brain still goes, those look like female eyes <laughs> <sighs> or like a male bone structure. You yeah. know you know what I mean? Yeah. Just based on genome and not so gender alone. Well, well, I think it's like we also we are trained to associate those attributes We're very with, brainwashed. With, with specific genders, like really athletic looking sports cars you know it's like with the, the sleek like angry eyes for, yeah. for the windshield not the windshield the headlights yeah you know anyway so i mean we we started out with what what is do we use kiln gods to like 
design theory and gender. I find that I love that. <laughs> Oh man, all right, well, I guess that's that's all I can think of that we've covered in terms of what uh, Saltwater Stoneware asked us about. So thanks again so much for that suggestion. And if you guys have any thoughts about, you know, what you would like us to talk about, like send us a message. You can either contact, well, I mean, all of our like social media stuff is in the notes and at the end of the episode. Um, but let us know what you want us to talk about. And Yeah, we, we I mean, we take suggestions. It's not like a we going to talk about what we're going to talk about, and you're going to get it. You're going to like it. i tell you what. Blah. But <laughs> but clearly, we take suggestions. So we, we enjoy that you guys talk to us, and we want to talk to you back. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to talk? I mean, we answered all the questions. Yeah. That salt water. But is there anything else that we, we could address? Um, I mean. I oh, oh, okay. So I had asked you about oh, rituals. Man. Oh, rituals. And this, the only thing, the only last thing I will say is that the only ritual that I have yeah, yeah, is, yeah. it's going to sound so silly, but like after I load my kiln and after I start it, I will just like, I will like touch my fingers to my forehead and be like, all right, Koshe, yeah, take care of the kiln. And it's so, it's it feels so like funny and like, I don't know, like a little part of me is like, man, in 10 years, am I going to look back and be like, wow, you're such a nerd, Lindsay. No, I mean, but, like, <laughs> have you ever seen that? Uh, I, I don't know if it was Berkeley. No, it wasn't Berkeley because this was before Berkeley. Berkeley, but they put a bunch of hamsters in a cage and they basically gave the hamsters food based on random activities. So what would happen is they would hear like a sound, they would hear like a click, okay. and then food would drop out. Oh, okay. Or like they would give the hamster food based on what they did. So if yeah. the hamster went around in a circle, they would basically give them food. Okay. And so whenever the hamster wanted food, they would go around in a circle. Ah. So and it and it they kept doing this to the point where the hamster would like get on its hind legs, go in a circle, go back and forth in between its cage three times, and then they would give it food. And after a while, it became such a ritual with that when they introduced other hamsters, they would do it too. And oh, they were what? like, we just created religion with hamsters. <laughs> we forced them to do a specific ritual because they think that that is the thing that gives them food. When oh realistically, we're just giving them food based on random behaviors that they do. Oh my god! And I feel like that's kind of akin to what's going on with my kiln sometimes. I do certain things that I'm like, oh, that was a really good kiln load. I'll do that again. Yeah. It's the football player's lucky sock or lucky yes. rag or lucky sticker or helmet or jockstrap or whatever <laughs> but it's something like that yeah um, the ritual that i have that's not really a ritual that has like a conclusion to it it's i usually light a candle oh. and that's my that's not for the kiln that's for when i'm working so oh. if the candle starts to die from its own wax like flooding it you know uh -huh. yeah, that's yeah. my brain going okay i've been here too long oh interesting yeah. if i've been there for more than, like four hours and the candle starting to like burn i hear that fizzle noise oh, i'm like yeah, yeah. oh it's time for me to go that's really interesting especially in the winter just try it it helps a lot weirdly enough because even though you you might be cold your brain sees fire and goes oh okay it's nice it's warm it's close oh. to me it's just mental gymnastics, but it's like it that. has nothing to do with actually being warm. Uh, that's you know that's really great though to bring that up the idea of like mental gymnastics because I think I think what makes a lot of this conversation interesting is that we are like self-aware of like it's like yeah no like we recognize that we don't literally believe that like yep. Mega Man is literally helping the firing, but we can recognize yeah. that our brains react to things in a certain way and yeah. we can recognize that we can recognize kind of like the behind the scenes of what's going on in these dynamics and i find that i find that interesting well that, that's to me that's the first step like i feel like at a certain age 15 16 maybe my brain clicked on and was like oh i'm conscious enough to understand that my behaviors are not my own experience that like if everybody on the planet was a computer you're all programmed mm -hmm. based on your experience and how you react to them 
Yeah. And then realizing that you're programmed is like the way that you become really self-conscious. Yeah. Is the way that you go like, oh, okay, so this doesn't really exist. I just think it exists because of my previous experiences with its existence. Yeah. It's like critical thinking. It's, like... it's literally critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Unfor unfortunately, there are, yeah, there's people out there who like don't, they can't see from other perspectives. But I think that's kind of the first step to sympathy, at least, is to go, my experience is not your experience. And yeah. so the things that you do are different from what I do, not because you're so different from me, but because although we both still eat shit, bleed the same color, mm. like you just, you're raised in a different culture and that culture is based on experiences, based on a geographical area of what you've done throughout history. Like, yeah. you're not that different from me. You just kind of like do different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right. So we've gone from... Killing gods to critical thinking. Sorry. I love it. No, I love it. I I'm love it. tired of human beings thinking that they're like better or different from all the other, like different human beings based on little aspects. And I'm like, you're not. Yeah. You're just a different color sometimes. And then you do different things based on culture, which half the time your culture is just historically pre, 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 not pre-discerned, but like based on what you had for natural resources is what is your behavior, you know? I lost it. It's that's, gone. That's okay. It's gone. All right. It's gone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's gone. My brain, uh, my train of thought died in the middle. It's okay. We can edit it out. <laughs> <laughs>